Hello and welcome to another episode of Bertie and Paul. I am uh, joined tonight by Mikey Dam. Hey Michael, how you going on? I'm good, thanks Paul. Well, as well as can be expected, uh, given current shenanigans. But uh, you know, it's the, the summer weather's in full flow in London town, so I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. Oh, so it's, uh, oh, it's great, it's great. I was playing tennis yesterday uh, and uh, yeah, great day. Like great day today, I loved it. But a really good weekend as well. Did you, you did your bank holiday weekend? Did you do much? Yeah, uh, I was up in Scotland for half of it, and the weather was actually quite nice up there as well. So, um, but I spent most of Sunday driving back down. I don't know if that's allowed in the current coronavirus restrictions, but that's what I did anyway. So, um, I but no, and then I had a wee bit of time in the Kingdom of Fife last week. So, nice. I am quite, I'm well. I'm, I'm well travelled, not so well rested, but yeah, glad that the summer's here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm delighted. I'm feeling. We, we, we were out on the, the beach on Sunday. Doing a lot of work in the back garden on Saturday. Sunday out on the beach, just fantastic down in yeah, Courtau. Lovely. Yeah. Great. Kids loved it. Like kids were. It's one of those ones because we didn't have the bank holiday. You couldn't get the kids at the bed on Monday morning. Lydia's just like, what are you? And they, I'm thinking, sod this. Just let them off. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I've not spoke for a while because I've been choking for a podcast. You weren't here last week. Dan Devaney, I think, moved in his new home. Barry's went underground. Stephen's doing stuff. And the two school pride boys will get them back. So, yeah, I just, uh, I've been doing a bit of ranting and raving to myself about Celtic. And, or not actually, not about Celtic, about the hullabaloo run about it. And obviously, okay, we'll touch first on. Uh, Rangers and what what represents you're, you're an economist what, what represents a minority Mikey what represents a minority <laughs> 15,000 people oh right I agree yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah it wasn't all Rangers fans that's all that's all I'm going to say just interesting isn't it in one of my little cry. A little dictates to myself. I thought, well, no, what the best thing would be. Actually, there was an incident last night in the NBA, right? And this guy throws a a water bottle at a player that left their team. It was in Boston. He throws a water bottle at the, the player who left Boston to go to the Brooklyn Nets. And straight away, two players are on. Kevin Durant is on, and they're saying these guys have got to. These guys have got to grow up. Like, see, the, the way they were talking to the boys, I said, look, there's no place for this in basketball. Got to grow up. We know they're hot because he left, but... So, like, they just said how it was, you know? But, whereas in football terms with uh, X amount of people busting up a city, there's so much, uh, there's so much like John F. Kennedy misdirection that you wouldn't believe. You're reading it and you're thinking, why, why... Why is this allowed? But you know, that's that's Glasgow. Um, yeah. I, I thought to myself, well, the best way would be just take Glasgow, just not allow them to use Glasgow Rangers until they start wrecking the side. Because I mean, ultimately, ultimately they love their Glasgow Rangers and they love all that stuff. But if you're going to wreck the side, just take it off. But anyway, and then with the CEO, got his house petrol bombed. Nobody's really talked about that either. Which I just think is kind of yeah. weird. Chris Sutton mentioned it as an excuse for Eddie Howe probably not coming to Glasgow. 
and uh, Billy Dodds were like, just, they were just pouring so much cold water over it. But I'm like, well, I mean, uh, Brendan Rodgers gets his house raided. That was partly mm-hmm. by Celtic fans. And then the CEO, Peter Lowell, gets his house petrol bombed. I mean, that's mad. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't to do with I, football. I don't know. That, that, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I, I find that I, just me personally, I find it hard to be to really have an opinion on that because that might, I don't know, that could be anything. That could be mistaken identity. It could, do you know what I mean? It's just you need to kind of let the police do their stuff. And if if it is a Celtic fan, a Rangers fan, it's terrible. But yeah, and I hope that's not what it is. I hope it's another another explanation. Put it that way. But there was loads of them in Scotland. There was Mortimer. There was this guy, that guy in Bothell, his place bombed. There was somebody yeah. else bombed as well, like whatever petrol or certain fire. Just a bit mad. Yeah. You're, uh, yeah. So we we that sort of carry on, and then the the story, I suppose, it's kind of caught the imagination. The Celtic has this uh, continual Eddie Howe thing, which, geez, oh. You, you think we've never been embarrassed before, but I'm going to be a bit more sort of militant with this sort of stuff. Like Celtic come out and say, first of all, they do the season ticket thing, which I, like after years of watching Dave King sell flog season tickets, if Celtic fans think we're any better than them, they've got really, real, real problems because Celtic are trying to sell season tickets. Now, I'm not a big marketing fan. I think football sells, but maybe I'm a dinosaur. But that, that sort of season ticket thing, that, that, that kind of annoys me now, because I'm probably I'm more of a socialist. Uh, the Celtic Supporters Club asked for shares in the business, and Celtic turned them down, and I think that's kind of... I don't like that. What do you, what do you think, Mikey? You're more of a commercial head on you. No, I mean, I, I, mean I, I think I've said on here before that to me, my understanding of it is like that is nothing. That would be nothing more than a token gesture, anyway. So I don't think they would have anything to lose out of it. Basically, I, I just yeah. So that that disappoints me. But in terms of that actually making any difference to how Celtic was run, I don't think it would. Do you know what I mean? If that was what the fans were hoping, it was going to be nothing but a token gesture because Dermot Desmond and and many others. Like you know, they hold most of the voting rights, so it just wasn't going to affect any change, unfortunately. But you know, it might have been a you know, it would it would have been a well received gesture. And given how bad last season had went, kind of don't really think they had much to lose. But maybe I'm wrong on that. But that that was my read on it. I just don't like the. I just yeah, I just think that there's time for commercialism, and that's a commercial business mind. And football, and then sometimes there's a time for just like, okay, right, just hands up, hold our hands up here and say, look. And I was trying to do the figure, 1.3 million for your CEO. It's like, that's mega money every month for the CEO. Yeah. And, and I think actually what's happened with Celtic is because they've, because they've not got back on the horse, it's all that stuff like, it's 10 tweaks since Neil Lennon left, right? Neil Lennon left in October. He checked out in October. The minute that European game was done, he was gone. So we, had, we paid Neil Lennon. We paid Lawwell. But what, what they've allowed to happen is, if you don't get back on the horse and produce more stories and more players coming and more excitement, it just seeps away at it. It 
It just seep, it just slowly and surely. And now people are getting really angry about Eddie Howe, and I'm, I'm not angry about Eddie Howe. I'm quite happy. If he doesn't want to come, fine. Let's just move on, you know. But I just think that you can't have what, eight months of nothing and expect the fans just to just give you money because you're going to have an appointment at Eddie Howe. It's basically, Eddie Howe's a Bournemouth manager. I mean, he's a he's a he's a he's a, he's a shiny Louis McCarthy. I mean, he's not. You know, I mean, he, I don't know. I just think that this is all silly. It's just silly boy stuff. You know what I mean? Like we'll give you fifty quid back and a a voucher to buy Celtic gear. I mean, this should just be brand new manager, everything in, big buzz. Let's move. But maybe 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 Eddie Howe is the name, the shiny name we all want. But Eddie Howe's not Brendan Rodgers. He's not even near him. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the word that you're looking for the board to say is sorry. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, that's all you're wanting them to say. You know, right now, things have got so bad, you need them to come out and just hold their hands up and say, look, you know, we've been trying to spin this narrative. Obviously, things haven't went the way we wanted to in the last few months. Do you know what I mean? But we're redoubling our efforts to, to kind of to rectify that, but yeah, they they seem sorry is the hardest word. Do you know what I mean? They, they just they they don't seem to want to communicate at all with the fans. Which, given how bad this season was, and given how much of a mess they've made of trying to get a new manager, you know, see the fans are owed an apology. Do you know what I mean? That that that's my that's my. Strong view. Well, look, I mean, um, insurance companies and businesses gave cash back to cars and holidays and all that sort of stuff when they realised that COVID was kicking in. Businesses done that. Businesses went back to their customers and said, look, you're not going to be driving your car for eight months now, so we're duty-bound to give you money back. Now, yeah. Celtic, that share thing would have cost them a million quid or something like that, a million quid. Now, we've paid low well a million quid in that period for nothing. Yeah. Like, literally nothing. And we paid uh, the, the Irish defender, which I can't even remember his name now because he's just so bad, Duffy, all, all sorts of money. We just want to give it. And then we, we, we trade on this Celtic charity. And I, I understand the Celtic charity. I understand the need for a corporate face and a charity thing, but... Ultimately, Celtic have, let the, Celtic have let the fans down by not even mustering anything. And also then that kind of feeds into people make Glasgow when you're watching the city centre get smashed up. You're thinking, I know this, is our, this isn't a, the correct thought, Mikey. We're like, we could have stopped this, but just continue to steamroll them. But we didn't. Yeah. We didn't. Yeah. just didn't do anything. Like, literally nothing. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, no. But, but I just been, I'm just a big salt now. I'm just a big pure. I just can't. You watch Chelsea win. You watch Chelsea win the Champions League, right? Did you watch Canty play? Did you watch Canty yeah. play? Right. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a guy called Sorrow, right? That seems to kind of try and do the same stuff, the same sort of idea, energy. Run about the park. Like, if Canty signed for Celtic, we'd still have played Scott Brown. 
like, it's ridiculous the amount of lack of energy we put into trying to win this league this year. Like, just total. You know? But, no, no, I, I agree. And, and the, I suppose the real worry for me throughout kind of the, the past few years is that the board, just exactly what you say, they're, they're, they're tired, they're not interested, they don't, you know, they don't have any ideas how to, you know, you say get back on the horse. Like, you know, I feel, you know, they've been off the horse for the last few years, just ever since that Neil Lennon appointment in the showers. Yeah, you could argue that, you know, we won the league and the, the treble the year after, but, you know, there's a, in terms of like this, the steamroller and Rangers point, you know, that, you know, that, that, that was allowed to, just that dominance was just gradually being allowed to ebb away and we weren't really doing anything to try and you know re-establish ourselves we were just kind of you know stumbling towards this 10 in a row and it was like well we've got no idea what we'll ever do after that and we didn't get 10 in a row uh, and you know it looks like the worst fears were are being realised that there was no plan after that. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there, there doesn't, as we sit here and speak just now, there doesn't appear to to be a vision or a plan for the future, which is exactly what the board are there for. Well, look at look at the again. Like you knock me down a film. All they got Gunnar Solskjaer is the manager of Man United, right? They've they've got. They've got three or four concerns over probably his track record, who he is personality-wise. Wally Garr-Solskjaer turns up this year and puts a Man United team second in the league in semi-finals of competitions. But when it came to the his, his, uh, the feather on his cap, that it came to that game on Wednesday, it showed everybody... I suppose I'd, I'd call it the Craig Burley question, isn't it? The level he, he can get to. Craig Burley was a good player, but he got to a level and couldn't push on. Now, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is shown in that game when he's not making substitutions, not changing anything. He's shown his, his inadequacies to manage Man United, to be that, that man, to drive them on to the win. Right? Yeah. And that's what happened. Pep Guardiola at the weekend tried to over uh, uh, to overthink himself and do this and do that. Or Thomas, uh, what do you call it? Just put the defence in, played a solid game. Uh, th- this is a, this is a slight margins. Now I'm saying since 2017, I'm saying actually I'm going back now. I'm going going back to Brendan Rodgers. The minute the Chinese rumour came out, Celtic have gone backwards as a club. Yeah. So that's five years or four years or something. That's an extraordinary amount of time for the dominant team in Scotland to go back, back the way. Only, was it four times the Champions League in ten years? Like, we're, we're just giving money away. And the fact yeah. is, it's, we're not competing with ourselves. We're not competing. I mean, when Ur Martin sent that under-21s, there was only one Celtic player under-21s. I actually couldn't read it. I was, it was shameful. Shameful. That's shameful. Mm-hmm. Glasgow Celtic one player an under 21 Scotland team Scotland squad I actually couldn't read it I was like oh, no, that can't be right 
Then we did the deep dives six months ago and we couldn't find any players in under 21s, remember? We're yeah. looking at them, we couldn't find a one player. So and what, and what, what was our what was our fear back then that Celtic was just a, a bo- you know what I mean, an old boys network, basically. Uh, I will give you a job because we know you. Do you know what I mean? No, no one there at all rocking the boat. Just all, you know, very safe, very, very stale, actually. And that, that to me, that that's what it's looking like now. To be honest, like this, 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 uh, this Celtic man thing, nonsense. Right? right. So, what gets what gets a Celtic fan angry, or gets a Celtic fan? I suppose in my generation. So, my generation. Is exactly what happened in George Square in February. Exactly what happened in George Square on in May time. That's what gets me going nuts, and that's what rivalry is, and that's what Celtic. That's what Celtic in itself like. Celtic have got a duty to compete and push the level every year, and keep competing. And we can't take our eye off the ball. Just can't do it. Because then, things like that slip, slip in. And you're like, what? We should, Celtic should be competing every year. And we did not compete at all last year. And now then, it kind of kicks into this Eddie Howe story. Where, where we've got yeah. a Bournemouth manager who's one diddly, diddly squat, had bombed in his last year but but uh, but you know, And now he's using Celtic as a pawn to get a mid-table bottom of the table club in England doesn't make sense I mean Mikey you're a bit more strategic when it comes to business why is Betty Howe using us at all why is he there's no need for him to use us Alex Ferguson said he was one of the best managers in England and in one of his talks about when he was doing his book launch or his documentary launch so, so I don't believe that Eddie Howe needs us to up his career to get the Crystal Palace job I mean does he no, I, I, I just I smell a rat with it. I, I really don't know, like I don't know what I think about this Eddie Howe thing. I mean, obviously, it's there in your podcast, um, the, the back catalogue of the podcast. We were obviously quite, um, you know, I guess excited about the prospect of him coming in. Um, but that was, I mean, I'll be honest, I was surprised given his character and what people had said, that he wanted the job. But I've got no doubt that in those early stages, he wanted the job. But the issue, but I mean, the issue is we, I'm guessing, I mean, again, this is what I just, you know, Celtic should come out and, you know, that, that statement doesn't really say anything. Or I, for reasons out with Eddie Howe and Celtic's control, this isn't going to happen. Well, how did Celtic get in to that position. It doesn't, you know, if you're talking about strategic management, like Celtic, right, you need to tell me just by want to take it or not. And then, you know, if not, you move on. So I don't, this, this is my worry. Like how the, how the hell did that situation get to that point? Uh, you know, just total eye off the ball, not a clue yeah, I mean, not a clue what what they're doing. That's that that's the only conclusion. And I mean, the Celtic board, by the way. I mean, I don't think Eddie Howe comes out of this great, but you know, good luck to him. He'll he'll go where it where he goes. But uh, yeah, 
Pope or Celtic doing? It's really, really concerning that, you know, in terms of how long it's going to take us to, to get back in, in rival Rangers, to be honest. Right, okay, so my first point my first point of this is again, corporate companies don't tell you st- don't tell you stuff. Celtic don't tell you anything. So you think about it. They, they didn't tell us anyhow until they told he was t- until they told us he wasn't coming. And then season ticket they say, well something wrapped up next week or whatever. Then like right, anyhow's not coming because Eddie can't do it, we can't do it. Move on. I'm like, well, why mention his name then? Yeah, I know. It, it, the whole thing is just bizarre. And even that statement, by actually mentioning Eddie Howe's name, you are telling the person that eventually comes in, whether it's, you know, you're going to talk about who, who that might be. But, I mean, that's now, everyone, everyone knows that this person that we got in is not first choice. Do you know what I mean? You're a, you're, you're the second you're the second choice at you know at best, and you know what it's it's just so exactly I totally agree with you. Like why why mention him by name? Okay, so there was bits on anyhow podcast which that's probably the, there was bits we were talking about. Look, he he loves the south of England. He loves Bournemouth and that sort of world. You know what I mean? He likes all that sort of. Not Matt Letizzi, he likes that neck of the woods. So that was a possibility flagged up at the start. And that's that's fine if that's the type of person he is, then that's good as well. But the fact is, he's a Bournemouth manager and he's Eddie Howe. So that's, I just don't think, I think the Celtic fans of the press have sort of linked him into a Brendan Rodgers type return. And he, he isn't that big. He's not, he's not the biggest name. In, I mean, it's not like, you know, bringing Conte in or something like that, we're not bringing, we're bringing Eddie Howe, we, we did well with Bournemouth, we were excited, but after the length of time that it's taken, I don't think we should mention him, I think we should just move on, oh. just stick, no, if you I'm... stick the rumour out, stick the other rumour out, he's not coming, don't mention it, why mention it, why give him any kudos? Yeah, I, I don't know, that's what I mean, I, I think that's a worrying thing, okay, yeah. why, why did they feel the need to go out and do that? I mean, just, like bin him off he's binned us off like you don't need a statement saying oh yeah sorry everyone we really wanted to let you say we, you know it wasn't it wasn't Pep Guardiola but we we seem to have maybe in our own minds built him up to be this this amazing kind of you know manager that that was going to come in and just revolutionise Scottish football and yeah it's never been the case so I, I just yeah, I mean, I don't care. You know, if, if Pep Guardiola had kind of said he wanted the job in uh, in the summer back in March or April time, whenever Eddie Howe said it, I still think there's a pretty strong argument to make that Celtic didn't have until the summer to you know to wait around for 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 whoever it was. So, I mean, that was for me. If, if I'm if I'm on the Celtic if I'm on the Celtic board, I'm the Celtic chief executive. You know. Matt, the alarm that that would have been a non-negotiable for me. That you know he that, that whoever was coming in said he needed needed until the summer. I mean, we've got a massive rebuilding job that needs to start needed to start. You know, six months ago. So what the hell? You know what? What are they thinking? What are they on? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I,
it, but here's the point. Here's the point. That's it. Right, so it was a great thing with, uh, by Glenn Denon on Monday when they said, when they were laughing at uh, our news, partly managing Celtic fans saying he's coming from Mickey Mouse League and they were laughing at Celtic fans saying that's because we played a Mickey Mouse League, okay? Now, the fact of the matter is, we went for a manager, it's fallen through. Right, that's it. Like, there's no... For me, I'm just like, okay, right, next. And it seems like we've moved quickly and we'll get the next guy in. But we've got all this baggage on about it's like... People are going back and talking about it. It's like the SFAs, the chase for uh, Martin Neal. It's like this new Angie, uh, the new guy, is, is just like Ronnie Dyler planning. The, the same sort of planned, the same sort of set words come out. Like, he's, 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 he's plan B or plan C. Remember Mark Warburton said there's no plan B, you just do plan A better. Now, I don't know. I just think, I, I just don't. I think it's just a big, big story, a big Jackie Rowe. And Celtic have just played... I don't even believe it's an embarrassment to the club. I don't think anybody outside the club said we just... I mean, just fans are just laughing at us. And maybe Dundee United fans are laughing at us. It's a big deal. As long as Celtic get the right guy and they do the job, I think we might have actually gone. If it happens. Uh, exactly. How, how could... No, I don't want to use the word how, but... Um... I cannot, after the, I mean, this is the thing, I, I agree with everything you're saying about Eddie Howe, he wasn't, he wasn't the, the messiah, I was interested in him at that point, because, you know, he, he was interested in the job, I thought, this is interesting, you know, that this, that, that this could work, um, but for, for that, you know, based on the, the complete arse-up that they made of that, I'm, you know, I'm not sure, like, if this new guy's gonna gonna even become the next Celtic manager. I'm now back to thinking it's going to be John Kennedy. So I suppose the the Angie Postecoglou story, which again, I understand, Mike, you, you can't really believe it, but if it's if it's going down the road or that type of person we're looking at, like. Maybe the world wants like a name in, in the name recognition. Maybe that means a lot, but but uh, Postecoglou, which will get his name right eventually, has everything you'd want from a manager. Do you want me to get through? Do you want me to start reaming off the stuff that he's done? Yeah, no, no, do it, do so, it. So I, I listened to a few of his podcasts, a few of his interviews today, and obviously there's the bit where he falls out with that guy on the TV. But basically, what you've got is you've got a. Actually, it's a, it's a stereotypical, ar- archetypical play, uh, manager into player, player-manager. He, he played, he was, a, he was a great guy, he plays football at a level, a good level in the A-League, and then gets injury. He's a good defender, but he's not great. So we've heard that story a million times, like a million times, career cut short. And then he's had 26 years in football, maybe a year off after he left the Australian youth team because he basically he fell out in 2020 with a guy Foster on the national TV and just he wouldn't let him Foster was basically asking for his head on national TV and he he's lost his cool with him so he kind of so he had to go he had to go to to Greece to back to his sort of native country but he's really he's Australian mm. now what you've got is you've got this guy who's 
So he stayed in football for about 24 years, maybe a year off after that, that sort of the Australian youth when he was, because of what he did on the TV. You've got a guy that's been continually working. He's worked, he's won trophy after trophy after trophy in Australia. He's won the J-League. He's won, uh, with every sort of Australian team he goes to, he wins doubles, he wins, he was unbeaten for 36 games. 36 games, and they were calling it, I think it's Rule Barcelona, there was something, it was something like they sort of mixed up, sort of, I don't know, but I just couldn't quite get it, but basically they've got like a word for his football play. Mm. And it's like, it's just like the Australian Barcelona. 36 games unbeaten. Then goes, then wins the Asian Cup of Australia and a national team. Like, Australia have never won the Asian Cup before. He wins the Asian Cup. Nobody really bothers about it. And he, he was saying that in his interviews, like, he was kind of disappointed. He thought it would be a big watershed moment for Australian sport. But no, they sort of kind of... Nobody was that bothered. But it's like Celtic, it's like Scotland won the Euros, you know what I mean? And that they're neck of the yeah. woods. Now, and then you've got a guy that has moved to different countries. Like, he's had... Three experience, he's had experiences in Greece, Australia, and then he's had experience in Japan. One in the league there as well, with a team that wasn't that fashionable. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that ticks a lot of boxes. Just a lot of boxes for me, personally. And then you've got things like, in the interview they say to him, are you still learning football? And he's like, well, I've, I've always learned, I've always had to... Yeah, my, 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 I've always had to evolve because when I first started there wasn't mobile phones or it wasn't a big thing and he's always had to and, and the minute he keeps hitting beats with me I'm like yeah okay I like this song I like this this song like for instance Mikey when he was Australian youth coach he travelled the world with a youth team right and he said every time we sort of maybe say that they're a game in Brazil also I think he's the last coach Youth coach to beat Brazil, Australian youth coach. So he, be, so he said after you would what you play against Brazil, he would the team would go home and he'd stay for like a couple of weeks, and he called it doing his football PhD. Like he'd go, he'd be invited to the clubs, he'd watch, and I'm like, wow, this is magic, and he isn't into self promotion. He's just very much, I've got my. He said every manager has to have their own fundamental style. You need to be watching a football team. And they, they, and you should be able to say, that's that manager. And the interviewer says, you're totally correct, because every time I see one of your teams, I know how they play. And I'm like this. I'm like, I don't care about a Bournemouth manager. I don't really care about Ronnie or Neil Lennon now. I want this manager in Celtic. I don't really care about the board. I'm really not interested. I'm not embarrassed about Celtic. These things happen, but listening to that interview, really, I was really hopeful. But then, I mean, okay, we've done the Eddie Howe podcast, but that's what we do. We get excited. That's what football fans do. But mm -hmm. listening to, and this nonsense about, oh, he's the new Pedro, or he's the new this and that. Scotland fans don't know anything about it with Scotland. But nowadays, there's no, there is no excuse not to go and see, listen to what the guy's got to say. And he seems to have a very... I mean, you can't stay and, 
in football for 24 years. You know what I mean? You just can't do it if you're a bad manager. You just can't do it. He's won leagues. He's he's been unbeaten teams. He's a great teams league. One of the fans wrote into him, or, uh, sent a, a tweet when he was on that they said we really miss you. We love your style of football. Why you come home? And he said, look, I've finished with Australia. I've done the Australian thing. I wanted to travel. I'm a ha- my fan, my family's happy in Japan. Now, I don't care. I don't care if he's fifty five or fifty six or forty. It just seems as if he's got a bit more gravitas than. Uh, people are, seem to be letting on. So if he's an A or a B or a C choice or D choice, I don't really care. I think he's got something about him. That's my view. Um, I, I actually agree with you. Um, where I where I don't, I mean, I, I you know I feel like I've been burned once on here. You know what I mean? Reading about a Celtic manager that's a done deal. Um, you know, and you, you know, you obviously naturally you go and you do all your research and you find out things that, yeah, that that are that are pretty good. And I've got to say, like from what I've read about him, from the little clips I've seen, didn't know that all of those things. Then he seems a good fit. And to be honest, I'll be, you know, completely. If he had been, if Celtic had come out in March, April time. And said, "This is the way we're going. You know, we've got this. We've got this guy, mm-hmm. and we're going with him." I would have been fully signed up and and on board, same as you. It's just the way it's happened, the way it's came about. I, I'm just now like a worried about getting over the line. He also seems like quite a, you know, a combustible character. I, mean, well, I don't know what. See that 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 thing. He's done his Foster interview. In 2000, two, 2000, so like Mikey, I was in Australia. I think at that time, I, like so that's that's a lifetime away. You know, he stayed with his clubs for three, four years. He doesn't seem to be following up with anybody. He's not spending big money. Like he's been through. Like he was talking about, he turned up at a club in Melbourne or Brisbane, and it was like there was a really good team. But then they all just, he actually came out, listen to this, he came out to the fans and said, look, I'm going to take a year, we're not going to win the league, but I'm going to take a year of just revolving my new team. And lots of players left, people come in. He said, look, I'm never, I'm not, as a manager, you're not everybody's cup of tea, but you have to, it's water off a duck's back to you. You work with the players you've got, and some players might not like you, but that's fine as well, they can move on. But then he came out to the fans and said, give me a year. So he took the year, and then he won the, league, he won the double the next year. Or whatever he wanted, like he he he, he romped it with not like the, not the one of the big clubs in Australia. I'm like, geez, oh, that's like I don't care if he's Australian, Canadian, American. I mean, football's changing. Do you not though? What, would you not at least want him to have had some experience of European football at least? Well, he managed, that, that's he surely he managed in Greece. So is that not Europe? Is Greece not in Europe? No. Greek third division. I mean, I mean, like I mean, like the Europa League. The I don't, I don't know. Like it just feels, it feels like an, it feels like a big risk, and it wouldn't have been as big a risk, in my opinion, if we had, you know, done the deal three or four months ago, and he could have come in, got his feet under the table, realized the, you know, the enormity of the task, because it is a big task, you know. 
mainly because Celtic ain't going to have that many players left, as far as I'm aware. So I'd have been a lot more, if this had happened two, three months ago, I would have been a lot more kind of excited about it. The way things have transpired, the way this season has went, I am thinking that really the, the route that they should go down is just a, a kind of lights out appointment for, you know, it, we've we've said before, like, yeah, Benitez likes money, just go and give him 10 million quid then, because that way everyone's going to buy their season tickets. You've got half a chance of, you know, like, you get, well, you create a feel good factor. You've got maybe half a chance of doing something you quickly in that year and I just think that right now is is the better play for Celtic but I mean obviously again I don't I mean I'm you know we're probably that's never going to happen right I just think if you're in the Celtic board just now if you're Dermot Desmond who's apparently loaded but I just I think that's the route to go down this this feels like too much of a risk at, at this point in time um, but I, I Having said that, I agree with you. It could, it could be brilliant, but I just, you know, it feels like Celtic are a bit of a tinderbox at the minute, and I, I don't know. I just, I'm worried that he's, you know, he's already going to be like under the cosh or oh, I keep on reading people saying behind the eight ball. I'm not a particular fan of the phrase, but you know, I do feel like he's. He could be great in different circumstances. I'm just not sure these are the circumstances that he's going to thrive in. Okay, so so I'm, as you as you probably know, and the listeners, the guys that listen to us probably know, I'm, I'm a big comic book fan, right? And what happens in comic books is comic books have to reinvent their story. So say, for instance, Captain America, he's, a, I don't know, 800 editions of Captain America. Now, what happens is... There is times, years, that they go through a lull and they bring another writer's team and they bring another... That's what they yeah. do. The story the story has to change. It has to take a, a, a jag. It, you can't recreate the Brendan Rodgers era. You can't recreate the Neil Lennon era. Because we just proved that. We can't re- recreate the Tommy Burns era. So what Celtic is a club need is a, is a, is a viable story to... to and a lot of people are saying, like, like Barry's saying, I don't want somebody to come in and, and leave us and do this. And so I think maybe, maybe if it does happen, that this could be the story that just relights Celtic in a different direction, puts us. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, when I was in Australia and all these years years ago in Australia, like the Australians. They love their English football. They love their football. They're all pure passionate about it. They've got a, a substantial league down there. He's managed good, good players at the Australian level. Better, much better. I mean, much better players getting through to World Cups and stuff like that. So he's did all that. Now he's just asking for a chance, I suppose. And he's got a chance. He doesn't need this chance. He's probably got, he's the city group and all that. I forget about that. You just see me if a guy that's they got a CV. They can step up, and maybe that's the story we need. Maybe we need maybe. to we need to recreate our story instead of going for these brands, which are mercenary types figures. I mean, Eddie Howe's a clown. Eddie Howe is a clown. He's a clown because you think about it, he will never ever get a chance this again. 
Just a wee. Uh, um, unless he, unless he gets the Everton sh- job. Well, yeah. Okay, follow follow Antelotti and come back to me. And yeah. That's the point. That that the point for me is that Celtic need to be punching up. They have to just say it right, fine. Okay, I understand everything you said, Mikey, and I really do. But we just need somebody to pull the club together, and maybe this guy is that guy, and he he has got the CV to to prove that he's done it multiple occasions. So Here's, all right, I, I agree. Here's my other worry, though. Right, you said he's desperate for a chance. Right, he wants a chance to make a name for himself. So doesn't that play right into the? You come in, be the coach, but you have to keep John Kennedy. Um. You have to keep Gavin Strachan. Yeah, you okay. have to do X, Y, and Z, as we say. Which okay. yeah, that, so. that's that that's a big. You know, Celtic need a major overhaul. And you know, when I thought Eddie Howe was coming in, and all the talks were alleged, allegedly about backroom staff, and but I mean, who knows if any of that was true? Um, you know, if this. Post a cold glue guy will just snap your hand off for an opportunity, then he's gonna, you know, oh. is he gonna accept that the conditions that, you know, are, are probably yeah. undermining Celtic? But, but here's the point the point is, Mikey, that, that we're not under the law of stewardship now. So we've got a new CEO, so he needs to step up. He just that, that, like, if we've got a new manager. And that's the, that's the other thing about Bournemouth, right? Celtic were looking to get the Bournemouth backroom staff, right? And I'm like, excuse me. I mean, like, if 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 you gave me Parker tomorrow, like, I'd be like, no. Like, English football's still English football. No, I mean, it's still, like, Bournemouth were, Bournemouth were whatever they were last year, but they weren't digging up any, they weren't doing anything, were they really? No, you, you watched more of it down there when I want Celtic to be thinking out of the box and you can get mistakes I understand that but a new CEO yeah your new CEO can't he can't keep having this stuff about backroom stuff we need to either build our own as Betty says or get the but I don't know what's happened with Fergal Harkin either you know what I mean but he's he's a loan manager in Man City why would he leave Man City He'd have well, to get his wages tripled or something. Like that. The, the story tonight is he was ne- he's never he's never in the Irish Independent. He was he'd never actually been offered the job. So that I mean, these are just I just you know, like you're saying, oh, we've got a new CEO now, and these things are going to change. Well, they have to change. I mean, how much? I know, but how much? How much like latitude does it, does the Celtic CEO have to change things? I mean, uh, is Dermot Desmond? You know, it seems, I mean, Dermot Desmond, when when Eddie Howe was coming, you know, I've said this, I think I said this elsewhere, when Eddie Howe was apparently a done deal, it was it was down to, oh, Dermot again, Dermot's got him to his house in London and, you know, got got the old, his fine china set out and all of that and he's, he's just wowed him, he's sold, he's sold him on, on Celtic and, and that's it. So, you know, I mean, I, I just wonder... You know, is it Dermot Desmond? Dermot Desmond calls the shots and the CEO basically do his bidding. So if that is the case, then are we actually going to see any change with Dominic Mackay? 
It's, okay. it's a it's a new name on the desk. Sorry, I'm being very negative tonight, but you know I'm just kind of trying to no, you're right. make sense of of what's happened. You know, and I, you know, the the optimism I had about this Dominic Mackay coming in, and you know, we were we you know we were um, what was it we'd, we'd appointed you know headhunters to to get to identify a director of football. Um, you know, all of that stuff for me was really positive, and I thought, oh, this is exactly the change that the changes that Celtic need." And now here we are, first of June, and it's like, well, no, we're not getting a director of football, and we're not getting our first choice manager. We are, you know, we're getting someone that's in Japan and essentially, you know, is desperate for a job in the UK. Or, or I Europe. Don't know if he's, I don't think he's desperate. I don't think I'd use the word desperate. I think, I mean, the point would be then that he's. I just, I, I think, but I think that's all backroom stuff, isn't it? It's like if you get a good manager in to manage your club, the rest of it can can be fixed later on. Is that just I mean? I mean, Bournemouth. Yeah, um, Eddie Howe needs to bring like twenty guys up with him to manage Selig. Like, get stuffed, Eddie. Like honestly, get stuffed. No, I, I agree, but this is—I mean, that's not really on Eddie Howe, is it? I mean, that—that's on Celtic. I mean, Eddie Howe's you work with the Celtic manager. Yeah, I'd, you know, do a Martin O'Neill. You know what I mean? I'd—I'd I'd walk over. You know, I'd walk up the road to 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 get to Celtic or whatever he said. You know, but no, well, yeah, I kind of fancy it, but uh, my kids are in school and. I need this coach and uh, the chef's quite good but he's you know what I mean he's, he's set his menu out until the end of the season down there so can't really ask him the now he'd be like get lost we'll move on there's so many other good managers out there see you later so again we've, we've totally let Eddie Howe overplay his hand from what I can from what I can gather Eddie. I mean oh. uh, just uh, and, th- and this is what worries me post a Posta Coglu, I mean, you know, <laughs> maybe that's going to all kind of collapse as well. Or we're in advanced talks. Well, okay, you know, what if he, what if he requests, you know, his wife's relocation package or something? <laughs> Peter Law's like that. Nah, but we can't really stretch to that. Um, you know, we're no. She'll need, come, she'll need to come standard class. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting on a premium economy flights. Um, <laughs> yeah, again, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe it's Dermot Desmond that decides all of this. You know, I'll, I'll send a Ryanair flight out for her. Well, you're not making me feel very welcome, Dermot. He's, well, I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I just, again, I, I heard all the words embarrassment and all this, and I don't really think Celtic's that embarrassed. I think, I mean, it's what, like a three three lines in the, the Sunday Times, Celtic didn't get Eddie Howe, move on. It's just because we wrap all this expectation level and all that stuff run about it but ultimately if he doesn't come after the first couple of weeks if we've issued the podcast I mean he was never coming and you kind of knew that yourself yeah just, I mean I, I, I was I'll, just I'll waiting for one used to text me and say and I'm like oh because he, he said oh yeah sell it and then it gets gets Steve ultimately there's no trophies won just now I mean sell it just needs somebody to come in and just beat Stevie G that's all we've got to do now and uh and who, but then again, no, that the Celtic were very much letting it. They weren't doing anything to crush the rumours that he was all working in the background. And oh, he obviously didn't fancy Clamalla, so he's 
you know, he's punted him and all of that. I mean, that's all just complete nonsense. So, I mean, you know, Celtic are completely the architects of this situation. I agree with you. I agree with you. They could, they could, they could get it right, and they could, they could flick it with this, uh, with this Aussie guy. And obviously, I'll be, I'll be delighted if that's. <laughs> you make a huge, we all enjoy a good flick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he's not flick. He's got a good CV. But, Paul, the A League, the A League's pish. The A League is, the A League isn't even. Scottish Championship standard, in my opinion, might have, <laughs> might, might have been different when he was there. But oh my god, it's terrible. I mean, you know, you know, back kind of like October, November you're time. Be, you're I, supposed to be texting me. You're supposed to be dreaming me up here, mate. I mean, you're, I mean, <laughs> I, I just, I, I think it's a, I don't think it's a, re- a relevant comparison. I don't think so. Oh, I absolutely, he got a great team in the A League, and you know that's that's going to translate. To like Scotty, Scotty in the Europa League, the J League. If he's won, if that 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 is an achievement, possibly winning the J League with Yokohama Marinos. Yeah, for sure, I'll have that. I, right. I mean, I, I'll stick that on his his CV. But I'm not, I'm not taking any Australian domestic stuff as that. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think Ken, I think Kenny Miller's the top scorer in that league this year. So, no, he's not. I don't know. So, Skippy, Skippy, Scott McDonald, he's there. He's kind of he's he's playing at a decent level out there for one of their better teams. And I don't. He kept himself fat. He kept his fat. Fair enough. But what level was he at in Scotland before he left? I can't even remember. Was he playing for Thistle or something? No, he done. He done the. He done the phantom kick to Kenny Miller. Remember he did that when he was playing for Motherwell. Right. Yeah. Well. I, I mean, oh, I, just I bust, just, you're busting my bubble, Mikey, man. You're busting my bubble. Oh, I, like to, I like to cut the guy's jib. No, I mean, I like to cut oh, the guy's jib. As I've said, I like to cut his jib as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just think I, I think Australians are are um, are, are kind of uh, they're, they're well disposed or predisposed to over egging the pudding. I would say, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, we don't. We we don't take any nonsense. They're very good at self promotion, Australians. And when that yeah, when that lad Alzani came to us, remember? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He was good. He's amazing. He's brilliant. Oh, he shouldn't be at Celtic. He's much better than that. Where is he now? I'm not even gonna Google him. I don't <laughs> can't spell his name <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. There are, there's definitely a case for um for for him, but there is equally a lot of worry and it's mainly around the, the time that he's got to the time that he's got to work with and you know the, the the fact that John Kennedy will still be there because he obviously has those pictures of Dermot Desmond <laughs> in a compromising position without his moustache yeah he could unmoustached so the great moustache yeah so I don't know what I mean. I'm obviously with a few technical difficulties in this one, but I mean, if that, I'll, I'll edit it. I'll edit it. If this ends up in the cutting room floor along with the Eddie Howe podcast, <laughs> you know, still going to do a Jack Ross one, a John Kennedy one, um, John Hughes, 
Yogi Hughes, yeah. Mickey, he Mickey is. Mellons. Mickey Mellons has went back home, but I thought he was Scottish, but he's went back home. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's <laughs> been back to Tranmere. Um, I tell you the one guy that I said we should have been looking at, right, okay. he, you know, was he ended up at Sheffield United, didn't he? Jokanovic, the guy that was at Fulham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done done deal in about two days, you know. It was nobody wanted to come. He, the only thing we knew was that he had signed and he was here. You know, Celtic have to be in advanced talks with someone that are going to stretch out over months. Well, I suppose the advanced talks is what? When was that issued? Saturday? Saturday, yeah. So, no, it was, it was the day we three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, you know, with the bank holiday, we're not going to, we don't negotiate on a, on a bank holiday. That's, that's like, the that's Japanese don't stuff. have bank holidays, do they? Oh, God knows. Um, There's a Japanese correspondent, Stephen, where is he today? Thought he'd even on. The only comment we've had from Stevie about that is something about a French coach that coached the Japanese team years ago as his comparison, which was slightly off off topic, I thought. But anyway, <laughs> off at a slight tangent there. Um, so, so I'm the schoolboy hopeful and you're just a bit more... I just well, I, no, I just want to tear the whole system down, Paul. You know, I just want to just set fire to the place build it up again um, but yeah I, your man I, hope, I hope you're right oh, cool. surely surely I've got a bit more I'm going to go and watch some more YouTube videos I'll send you the interview over you can listen to the interview but he does he does sound good and I mean fans are missing him and he's had so many different experiences and <laughs> obviously obviously the, the South Lanarkshire Senior League with Les Mago Thistle as Mikey just pointed out. <laughs> no, look, I just did, don't he think... He actually has somebody listening from Perth. Oh, really? I mean, these good bright boys come on. This, this wee boy come on and asked Chris Dixon was his father or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they've been on for a couple of weeks. They're dealing with losses. So obviously <laughs> we've lost that guy. I think the, the Australian League's a manager's a manager, right? You know what I mean? We're about to find out. <laughs> I know. I, I just think if I was Angie Postacoglu, that would be getting tucked down, tucked down at the bottom of the CV, one line, you know, and just hope that they don't they don't notice it and mention it at the interview. Well, well, Stevie Clark got Scotland to a Euros. He gets Australia to a World Cup and won a trophy. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's... That's not Mickey Mouse, is it? No, it's not Mickey Mouse at all. That's, that's well worth... That, that's well worth including, but you know, thirty-six game winning streak in the A League, or uh, whatever, you know. Hey, so do you think Ronnie Dyler? You think Ronnie Dyler puts Celtic in his CV? Does he keep that quiet as well? <laughs> I think he does. Aye. Um, <laughs> he's at, he's at a, a transformation over in New York City. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I do what he's a relevant comparison, Dyla, and I do think that um, it's not relevant at all. This guy's won more trophies than Dyla's ever. I mean, it's not. It, he's nowhere near relevant. This guy is his own man. Dyla didn't have the personality to be Celtic manager. This guy, does. what I've seen, does right. Yeah. I, I'm giving you that. I, I, like, <laughs> Thanks, Mikey. <laughs> he won't, but you know, he he may very well be great at talking himself up and I, I mean I think some of the stuff I've heard from Aussies about him is like way over the top 
Do you know what I mean? Okay, but I, I just yeah. Okay, so well, what we'll do is well, we won't do a whole podcast on them just yet. <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope that those advanced talks they like, are uh, drawn to a swift conclusion <laughs> one way or the other. He can't get to Dermot's flat in London, though. That seems to be the thing. Everyone needs to end up at Dermot's house in London. It's like a pure rite of passage I thing. Mean, he can only stay in London for like 13.7 seconds every time he's got to fly out of the country <laughs> to keep himself kosher. No tax. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Angie. 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 What do we need to do, right? We need to. I mean, obviously, we're down here. Um, we'll get some people up the road. Let's go and let's go to some of these quarantine hotels. Yeah, and see if, De- see if Dermot pops up at these quarantine <laughs> hotels. And then it's like, right, doorstep him. I want you near Dermot. Who's up there? Are you, no? a Ranger, are you a Rangers fan? Are you a Rangers fan? <laughs> You're a Rangers supporter. Oh, Mikey, darling, Mikey, darling. We need to get some field work going on here. Don't make me giving me any A League stuff. J League. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick and I'm sick of waiting for Celtic to release a statement. I'm going to go and going to go and get my own statement straight from the horse's mouth. What's it? The last thing is, what, what's the thing with Rangers fans climbing lampposts? What's going on? Like, don't know. See that I mean, boy that climbed a lamppost in the Middle East Street and fell off and just got his cell in. I mean, what's he doing? I just think it's a natural progression from licking windows. It's like, well, I've licked, I've licked so many windows. <laughs> I need to climb some lamppost. <laughs> I was reading it. It's like the boy was due to start a job on Monday, and then the guy's like, ah, oh, he's a great guy. Uh, we all watched him climb a lamp post and he, he obviously won't be starting his job on Monday I'm like, well, as well I think that's his job was climbing ladders and stuff he, <laughs> he, he dislocated his full body you know what I know uh, and then they had that big fireworks display in the Clyde that was all red was it it was like okay. Aber- if Aberdeen won the league or something you know what I mean <laughs> you get the wrong colours only, you only get one colour People make Glasgow. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> I like the picture of the wee girl that you helps this. The wee lassie just sitting in the... Like she was a teenager, she's doing her thing, she's helping people at night time, you know, the revellers. And she was yeah. just sitting in the curb going... <laughs> the thing is, I think I've sat in that girl, Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've all been there. Yeah. Just sitting there like, what am I doing? Eating chips and cheese. <laughs> Chip, cheese and coleslaw. Yeah. <laughs> I was Conor McLean. Chip, cheese and coleslaw. I still remember getting the taxi home with him. Uh, I won't tell, tell the full story, but <laughs> Conor McLean, in a black cab, getting back to the West End, Conor McLean get chip, cheese and coleslaw. <laughs> Whatever was happening in the black taxi, it doesn't really matter. All I remember is, I'm like, Connor, that's really, really tasty. <laughs> that really is my life, Mikey. <laughs> so here we go, Mikey. Here we go. You love this. Well, we story, we story just to finish off because we like it. So uh, I'm pulling down the vines and the. I'll send you a picture. I'm pulling in the vines and the hedge, this big, massive hedge, my back door. Not massive, but it's a big hedge. It was falling down. So I was I tried to tie it back up. I was like, this ain't happening. So an English guy 
that I knew of. I knew, actually, I met him at a party. Did I tell you a story? I met him at a party. Of course, I don't drink. Right? As this English guy used to be a stockbroker in England, now he's a, a, a gardener. So he was giving a name to us. Now, this English guy cracked a joke at a party with me about selection boxes. Because I said something about selection boxes, trying to be nice, and he said, we don't have selection boxes down in England, that's just for poor, poor folk. And I, I had to be dragged away because I was going to kill him. <laughs> and I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm not like that, mate. I'm not that type of player. I mean. Anyway, it turns out he's got a garden company, so he came down to me, and I basically did half the work during the week. And then we just had to pull the rest of the stuff down because I couldn't, I just couldn't deal with the fact that, anyway, it's just that's a thing that I've got to go over. But the point was, they, they were taken down the hedge at the end on Saturday. A wee woman came up to him and said, uh, and the next, one of the next door neighbours, which said, you, you shouldn't really be doing that because you've got to, you've got to look after the, 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 the bird life. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and they're both standing there like grown men she's like no because of wildlife you can't really be taking the hedge it's about to fall down down because you're interrupting the birds and I just I, I, all I could hear was Frank McAvery in the back of my head and all that and then, <laughs> so we didn't find any birds in the hedge Mikey I'm just telling you now you know what we found <laughs> we found a wallet <laughs> <laughs> somebody's wallet extra vision extra vision his <laughs> card he's, 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 he's all his credit cards and his driver's license uh, if you want it could chat my door no money but well, I don't know if I did find money that's my kids ran away but we found four bottles of vodka <laughs> five cans finished or <laughs> finished still still in it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, and uh, five cans and other accoutrements Still finding, so we didn't find any business. So just in case that woman's <laughs> listening to my podcast tonight, the, the hedge just had to come down. But uh, we only found vodka bottles, which are sitting outside my front door just now for some reason. I don't, I just couldn't quite get them to the bin. So, uh, so Michael, so so what we're saying here is this another, is this another Paul super super positive and Mikey's. I don't know. So just you're, you're here to hold my hand in the big bad oh. world. Rose been slightly reversed because I feel like I've been yes. more positive. I've been angry. In, in recent angry. times, now I'm like, yeah, now I, I'm, I'm a bit more pessimistic, I'm afraid. But listen, as you say, right appointment, that changes. Changes everything straight away. Mm. And uh, yeah, fantastic. Thanks everybody for listening. I'm sorry. We, could it, last couple of weeks, Mikey was up in Scotland. Stephen's been, he's been busy, busy. Bet he's been. I think Benny's been passing his son's standard grades for him. I think, I think at this stage, Benny just goes in, does nose. They look the same now, so I think Benny just goes in, does his son's exams for him and just leaves. <laughs> I think that's the new thing. And uh, Dan Devaney and Scrooge Boys were back, but uh, challenging times. I just get angry when people say Celtic are embarrassed and this and that. I just think it's hype, hyperbole. I just really think, we'll get the right decision, you forget about it. Forget about it, we'll move on. And hopefully Dominic will change things backroom staff. But yeah, I'd like to see Celtic giving a good rattle next year. I, I would write off the Champions League because I just think, why bother? But the only problem is that we could be doing well in the league, but I, 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 that sneaky feeling that Stevie G might go on a big, massive European run and that, that would drive me mental if he does that. Absolutely <laughs> mental. Jump a 
Oh, yeah, there's Gilson looking like the player, and he's always split like, what a remarkable story. He'd just be sitting there like Tavernier scoring against Bayern Munich or something. You just be like, oh, <laughs> this is killing me. Ah, go and enjoy the Euros. Don't don't let things like that. I know you keep you up at night. Well, so thanks everybody for listening. Thank you so much. We'll be back hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, once we get a new manager in, we can have a we can have a, a, a view of him because I think it's quite exciting as you may have heard. And uh, thanks, Michael. That's fantastic. And uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Take care. Thank you. Right. Bye bye. Cheers. Cheers.